Hey, if I haven't met you, my name's Brandon. I'm one of the pastors around here. Again, I want to say thank you for being a part of Cultivated Here for the first time and all of you online as well. Hey, grab your note sheet for today's message out of your worship guide. If you're a digital note taker, they're available on the church app. They're there for you online as well. We're in this series, uh, Sweet Baby Jesus, and uh, if you've missed any of this this month, you can go back online through podcast or YouTube or the church app website anywhere, and you can catch up on these. And I want to remind you while you're getting all that ready uh, that next Sunday is Christmas Eve, and so we will celebrate Christmas Eve together, our normal worship times on Sunday morning. So as you usually show up on a Christmas Eve night at other times of the week, we'll do everything together next Sunday morning, so it's going to be a good time together. Candlelighting, we're going to have communion together. Uh, We're going to have a message. We're going to have Christmas worship together. It's going to be a good day, our normal Christmas Eve stuff that we all enjoy. So make sure that you invite for next Sunday morning and kick off the Christmas season uh, together. Uh, Today as we're continuing this series, Sweet Baby Jesus, here's been the big idea behind this series. Every year uh, we talk about Christmas. Like what are we going to talk about December? We're going to talk about the baby Jesus, the birth of Jesus. And we all know this. For some of us, we just anticipate it. We can say it in our sleep. And when we become familiar with something, oftentimes we take it for granted because of the law of familiarity. The more you get accustomed to it, the less meaningful it becomes. Like some of you guys used to shower before you were married, and now that you're married, you just go like it is. You say, baby, you got me. You don't have to impress because you've become familiar, right? Uh, Guys, take a shower. Just helping you out today. So when you come to this story, sometimes you go, well, we've heard it. We know it. So this year we wanted to take a look at the importance And the significance of the fact that not only Jesus came, but he came as a baby. And so we're taking a perspective of the Christmas story from the perspective of Jesus as a baby. And in uh, the top of your outline, Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, 21, here's our key verse of scripture we've been reading all month. It says, as he considered this, Joseph says, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you're to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. The very announcement of this great superhero coming down from heaven to redeem us and rescue us from our sins happens to be announced as a baby. Now next summer, whenever Marvel or DC or whoever superhero hits the screen, none of you are going to be going watching a little baby as the superhero. Like you think of a superhero, I've got you know, Superman, you got Spider-Man, you think about the Incredible Hulk, come on, Hulk it up. Not a baby. Nobody's picturing a baby. You know, God could have done whatever he wanted to do. If I was writing this story, this wouldn't have been the way I'd have done it. Something more like the Terminator. I'll be back. I mean, it would have been really, I mean, I just would have done it different. I wouldn't have designed it through a baby. I wouldn't have said, you know what, the world is rotting. People are destined for torment and hell, and we need a savior. How about a baby? Let's do that. And that's not the way I would have done this. But God, so intently and intricately with such detail and care, he announced that it's going to be a baby that's going to be born into this world. And in week one of this series, we talked about, you know, why a baby? And we understood that it was because he was going to grow, and as he grew, he would experience everything in life that you and I would experience. So every time we go to God, and every time that we would call out on the name of Jesus, that he would understand exactly where we've been because he's walked in our shoes and he's experienced it all. In week two, uh, we talked about the baby coming with great sacrifice and the fact that he still chose to do it even though he knew there would be great sacrifice. And then today, we're, I titled your message, Born from the Beginning. 
And I want to take a look at how intricately this entire story actually happened about this birth of this baby Jesus. Because I want to talk about why he chose to come in great sacrifice. Why would he do it? Why would God set this up for every single one of us? It's hard to comprehend sometimes when we think about God loving us so much, creating the world, and that he would send a a baby born of a virgin. Like this whole thing is so far out. Because sometimes we picture this season and what this really means in in the controversial figure. I love watching you guys fight on Facebook over Santa Claus. Come on, we got two different groups of people. Some of you adamantly against Santa Claus. Well, he's going to be here next week, so some of you may want to find a new church between this week and next, because Santa's coming to town. Just telling you. And then you got some of you in here, you're a little over the top. Santa, you know, I know him. Like, you really get fired up about it. And you got your kids messed up, because they are really deep into Santa. All right, there's a balance here somewhere. Now, I'm just going to tell you, I'm in the middle. I don't care what you do, all right? I don't care how you do it. I grew up, my mama said, until I was grown. If you don't believe in Santa, you ain't getting nothing. So I just stepped back, said it'll be what it'll be. Just let, if it is, if it ain't. I didn't, I didn't breathe a word about what I thought about it. But I still love Jesus, everybody. And I realize that Jesus is the reason for this. And I'm okay with Santa. I'm just clarifying some things here. This means nothing to some of you. For some of you, hopefully this is life to you. Setting your house straight. My son's seven. He, he's he, he's kind of got the, the gist of Santa, but, but he's, you know, he's saved through Jesus, okay? Why am I saying all this? Because sometimes we can get caught up in this season, and we can't really comprehend what this is all about. So when we talk about this miracle, this greatest gift that is Jesus from God, from heaven, we, we kind of equate it sometimes like Santa. Because that's the way we treat Jesus sometimes. Uh, we, got a, we got our list of what we want, right? And we, we call that prayer the rest of the year. We call it a Santa list at Christmas, right? And then we always go to Jesus and we plead our case about why we're on the good list and not the naughty list, right? You say, well, I, you know, I went to church this year, Eastern Christmas. Okay, you know, that was a good start, Jesus. And I watch online, you know, and, uh, and, and I, I read a devotion one time. Come on, Jesus, I'm on the good list. And so we try to plead our case. And this is kind of how we operate in our spiritual walk with God, and we don't fully comprehend what it's all about. And God so loved us that he would, from the beginning, design a way that you and I could live in clarity so that you wouldn't have to balance it this way. There was a little boy who wanted the bicycle for Christmas, and he went to his mom, and he told his mom, I want this bike, and it was an expensive bike. And she told him, she said, son, I don't know, that's a really expensive bicycle. She said, maybe you need to go pray about it. So the boy goes, and he says, hey, Jesus, I really want this bicycle for Christmas. And he begins to say, I've been good all year long. And he said, well, I've been good this month. And then he said, well, Jesus, I've been good this week. And then he realized all of it was a lie. So he said, hey, Jesus, I'll be good all next year. Then he said, well, maybe I could be good a week next year. And he realized he was fighting a losing battle. He said, I don't know how I'm going to get this bicycle. And so he walks outside, and in his neighbor's yard, it's a beautiful nativity scene. And he sees Mary, the mother of Jesus. And he goes, and he takes her. And he goes back to Jesus, and he says, Dear Jesus, I've got your mother, and if you ever want to see her again, I want a bicycle. Just trying to figure this thing out. How do we get there? Well, here's the beauty of it, everybody. When we simplify this whole thing, and we really look at this beautiful gift of Jesus in this season, today what I want us to understand is from the very beginning, God's been working this out. We think of the birth of Jesus as the beginning. 
We think of that birth in that little manger and that story as the beginning. But reality says, from the very beginning of it all, Jesus was born and God was working this plan from the very beginning of time. And today I want to show you through John chapter 1, where we'll be. Maybe you want to turn there. It's on your notes. It'll be on the screen if you don't have that. But if you've got a Bible and you want to go there. This is not a traditional Christmas story, but I believe it actually is a part of the Christmas story. Through one of the disciples who gives us a picture of who Jesus is and what God has done so that you and I can celebrate this season in such a miraculous way because of what God has done for us. So let's pray. And then we're going to dive in and I'm going to give you three amazing things that Jesus came to bring us today. Father, I love you. Thank you for a chance to gather together, God, at 9 o'clock, 10, 15, everybody online and everybody at our Columbiana campus. God, we just thank you that we've all had a, an opportunity to gather in community today and grow closer to you. It's my prayer today, God, that we would just be able to receive, God, the picture of love that you have for us because of this Christmas season and this sweet baby Jesus. So God, touch us through your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to show you something. John chapter 1, uh, I, I love the, 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 the picture of Jesus, the stories of Jesus through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They were all disciples who followed and walked with Jesus. You'll notice something. Matthew, Mark, Luke, they all write a lot about the life of Jesus, and they write a lot about what Jesus did. And then when you get to John, you see that John writes a lot about the person of Jesus, the character of Jesus, about the, the, the little deeper part of the, the, the personhood of what he was, not just what he did. And he opens up his writings in the first few verses, kind of just starting from the beginning. And he wants to paint a picture that I would say is really the best Christmas story that we could be given because he really gives us the gospel in just a few verses of scripture. Let me show it to you. It says, in the beginning, underline the word beginning. John says, let's just back this up. Let's go all the way back from the start. He says, in the beginning, the word, underline that, the word. The word already existed. The word was with God. That's important, underline with God because there's a distinction, and the word was God, underline was God, because that's the distinction. He existed in the beginning, underline this, with God. There it is again. God created everything through him, and nothing created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Now, when we talk about this verse of Scripture, sometimes we go, what is, what is he talking about? What's the Word? Are we talking about the Bible? Are we talking about the Scriptures here? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. With God, what is he talking about? What John is basically saying is, let me give you the Gospel. Because in the beginning we had God, and we had the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And then in verse 14, John goes on to say, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Who is he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. See, in this moment and in this context of these people, it was not abnormal for them to say, hey, let's go and meet with God. They would say, let's go and meet with the Word. That phrase and that statement, the Word, was a representation of God himself. So when he says, in the beginning was the Word, it was God, because it was God. And the Word was with God, that's another addition. And that's the very presence of Jesus. And through everything God did, it was through Jesus. And then verse 14 when he would say, and he became flesh and dwelt among us. 
John is giving us the gospel in a few verses, saying that from before Jesus ever came to the manger, Jesus was. That's how intricately God's plan was for every single one of us. That's how weighty and important and miraculous that this Christmas season is. That it was all done through a sweet baby Jesus that was not just born in the manger, but he was born from the very beginning. And for three reasons that God did that for us, that Jesus was born to bring us. Number one, write this down. Jesus was born to bring us forgiveness. Forgiveness. This is important, everybody, because this was God's great plan to redeem us from our sin. Now, in our culture, in our context, let me tell you, we take advantage of this so much. We take advantage of the forgiveness of God. We treat it like a crutch, and that's not what God intended for it. God gave us a standard of living to honor God, to be holy, and to be set apart. But the only way we get there is through the forgiveness of God. Here's what John said. said, he came into the very world that he created. Notice that God sent him into this world that he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and they rejected him. But to all, underline this word, all, and this is important to us at Cultivate. I'm going to point this one out because this is a value to us. To all who believed him and accepted him, he gave them the right to become children of God. Now, I don't care what you think about this or that or this one or that one, but the Bible tells me that he sent his son into the world for forgiveness for all. And all means everybody. It means every single person. It means we don't pick and we don't choose and we don't look at where they've come from. We don't look at what they've done or where they've been or where they're headed because we know that Jesus came into this world not for a few but for all. And because of God, he gave every one of them a right to become his children. Now, for I grew up in, in, in church, I'm just going to tell you, and I grew up in situations where when that person or for that one over there would have walked in the doors like, oh, where'd they come from? Where's your suit? Where's your tie? You're not dressed right. You're not, I mean, I'm like, we're picking people apart before we even get them to Jesus. But from the very beginning, the creator had a plan to redeem his people all for forgiveness. Now, the reality of this is, Many of us struggle with this because our view of forgiveness is so distorted because we have such a hard time forgiving. People who've hurt us, people who've wounded us, things that we care, we, we struggle with forgiveness. I do this from the West. There was these two little boys that were neighbors and they left. God, did, 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 do, you, do you remember that? Well, God's not going to bless me because, well, he knows it's already been messed up. He, he knows what I've done. He's where I've been. No, God is a good forgetter. Some of us need to forget the same way God has. God is tired of hearing you remind him of all of your stuff. You ever thought about that? Parents, if it's received. Somebody can prepare it for you. They can wrap it for you. They can buy it. They can do everything they think is going to please you. But if you don't accept it or receive it or activate it, it is useless. And the forgiveness has been given to you. All you have to do is just admit the fact that you need it. Pride to you. All you have to do is just admit the fact that you need it. Pride comes before the fall. All of us is prideful. Every one of us, we are prideful people. And some of you say, well, I'm really not. Without it, yes, you listen to you. I'm not prideful. Prideful person? <laughs> because that's what gets us in trouble. It's our pride. 
They say admittance is the first step to recovery. Some of us would recover a lot quicker if we just admit it. I have an attitude. Some of you just need to wake up one morning. And you knew you got on the wrong side of the bed. You just need to announce it. I got up. I admit I'm in a bad mood before I hurt anybody's feelings. And I'm asking God to help me from this point forward. Admit it. And then, look, at that point when you can admit it, you can accept the fact that you can't do it on your own and you need a Savior. And then you just ask God for his forgiveness. And they say, it's got to be more complex than that. No. That's the gospel. That really is it. You receive it, and then you go and sin no more. Jesus came. He was sent into this world for the forgiveness of sin for all people. At Cultivate Church, we are a place of all people. And if you have difficulty with those people, you can either sit on the other side or... There's great churches all around. But when we get to heaven, everybody, some of you are going to be surprised. You're going to sit in your mansion. You're going to look across the street, and you're going to go, can you believe that? <laughs> if you would have told me that, I would have never believed it. Can you believe who is here? And wouldn't you know God put them right next door? Forgiveness was born from the beginning. Forgiveness was the gift of God. And not just forgiveness, but number two, Jesus was born to bring freedom. Because forgiveness is no good if you can't escape the mess that you're in. But the beauty of God was to say, I know why you're there, and I know that you couldn't keep yourself out of it, so I came. So that I can help you to overcome. Notice what the Bible says. John says they are reborn. Underline that word. Don't worry, mama. Not physically. All right. I got them grown babies. How does this work? Not physically. Because not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan. In other words, it's nothing that we can produce. This rebirth, this change is nothing that we can do in the natural. But a birth that comes from God. That's freedom. All things are made new. Write this down, 2 Corinthians chapter 20. The Bible tells us that we're brand new creation. We are brand new creatures when we come to God. All things are made new. We have freedom. I want to ask you a question today. Why are you still sitting in the same jail cell after the doors have already been opened for you? Why do you continue to sit there? Why embrace it when there's a way to get out? Why embrace it when there's freedom and life change through Jesus that forgiveness comes and then he gives us a way to be out of our sin? And if you don't believe it, I just want you to look around this church. That's why I love this church. We are the most authentic people, good, bad, or indifferent. We are who we are. Now, some of you go, I need a better pastor. That's cool. I get it. But I can't be anything other than me. I'm not, this is who you get. This is who you're going to get tomorrow. Let me get awake a little bit, and then we'll, you know, I'll be all right. But this, this is just who we are. But you know what the beauty I love about it? Is I look across this church, and I've seen people of who they are, and then who God's creating us to be. And that fires me up. This morning, Eddie Lee, some of you know Eddie. Eddie's been a part of our church since back in the high school, in the early days. And 
his wife used to come to church and, and she would put on her connect card every week, pray for my husband. And she would just, I mean, she was, every week was a prayer. And about three or four months into our church launching, and uh, she was baptized. And he came to church to see her baptized. And he would always say, if I walk into the building, the roof will collapse. He said that. I can't walk in. The roof will collapse. And Eddie came to church. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I told him this morning. I said, I was scared to death of Eddie Lee. I was. I was scared to death. We would be in worship. You know, and it was the early days. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of folks there. And you'd see Eddie over there in the worship. Man, the worship team, just God's good. Eddie's like, nothing. Nothing. But he kept coming back. Week after week, he just kept showing up. We were like, man, Eddie's back. Eddie's here. Eddie's here. And then one Sunday morning, Pastor Brandon Doss, he leaned over me. He said, hey, Eddie's clapping. Eddie's over here. <laughs> His wife called me one day. They had a family in the, in the hospital. She said, hey, will you come up to the hospital? Will you come and pray? I said, oh, my God, does Eddie know I'm coming? I agreed, and I'm going to tell you, I walked in that hospital room. Like, I kind of peeked around to see, like, you know, I was scared to death. I was scared of Eddie. But I started noticing there's just some little simple changes taking place in his life. We did a funeral for their family, and this little lady came out of the church one day, and she walked up to me. She said, she said, she said Pastor, she said, I want to let you know, Eddie Lee's the meanest man God ever did let live. Okay. She said, but something's different about him since he's been coming to this church. And we got in that building across the street, the biggest tin can dumpster fire you've ever seen in your life. I thought the church was over. I'm kind of a realist. Pastor Brandon, he's a high faith man. He's skipping. Oh, this is going to be great. I said it was a good try. We tried. But we would show up every day. We had eight weeks to turn that dumpster fire into a building. Eddie Lee was in that parking lot every day and stayed till the wee hours of the night building that church. And today he sat and he served every person that came in this building at 9 o'clock this morning. You tell me God can't do it? You tell me God can't change things? Just this Friday night we served the jail. And Major, Major, just raise your hand right here. Just, just, I don't want to embarrass you, but I'm embarrassing you, Major. He's fine with it. He'll forgive me. Major's passionate about people sitting in jail because Majors spent a few times behind bars. He won't mind me telling you, 21 of them. Some of you just scooted away right there. <laughs> we let them in church. All people, ain't that right, Major? Amen. And thank God he's changed your life. Let me tell you what Major does. Major goes to about 15 different jails in Mississippi nearly every month baptizing men and women in jails. God changes things. We served the jail to celebrate recovery in there, and Daniel Odom, Daniel spent time in that jail. He sat across from him. Paul spent time in that jail. He sat right across from him. You know what those men said on our last day? They said, just seeing you guys give us hope, and you've sat right where we're sitting. You tell me God can't bring freedom? You tell me God don't change things. The only reason you haven't experienced it is because you don't want to. That's the reality of it. God doesn't show favorites. God does not play favorites across all of us. Forgiveness and freedom, it's available. And you know what else? Number three, Jesus came to bring favor. God don't show favorites. You know why? Because he puts favor on all of his kids. 
You're all his favorite. Notice what the Bible says. From his abundance, this is important, from God's overflow, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. Favor is just an unexpected or undeserved gift. That's what favor is. It's knowing you receive something when you really didn't deserve it. We're going down the road the other night, and my son in the back seat said, he said, hey, Dad. He said, I remember that time the cop pulled you over and gave you a, gave you a warning. He said, you were doing like 50 and a 30-something. I said, yeah, buddy, you're right. I own it. It was my fault. And he said, I think I'm going to tell everybody at church tomorrow. <laughs> and then I said, hey, buddy, you remember that time you? And he went, you're right, Dad. I won't say anything. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Some of you got good kids. And uh, some of your kids won't, won't do you that way. And sometimes I'm jealous of what you got. <laughs> but you know what the reality of it is? I wouldn't trade my son. I wouldn't. You know why? Because he's mine. Doesn't mean he's more talented than yours. Doesn't mean he's smarter. Just means he's mine. And there's something about being his dad that he gets my favor. And you know what? Some of us, if we were gathered at our family's table, we might get set a little farther than everybody else. But at our father's table, we belong to him. So we have his favor. Every one of us. You have the favor of God on your life. That's why Jesus came. The gift wasn't just for some. It was for all of us. The favor rests on you. Now you may think because of your circumstance. Let me tell you what the enemy does. He whispers in your ear and he says, you're not living your full potential. You haven't embraced your purpose. You know what sin you're struggling with. And the enemy, his goal is to try to tear you down. And it make you think, well, you know what? They seem so blessed over there. They must be God's favorite. I must be missing something. But I want you to think about Mary when that angel came. Come on, we're, we, we like to read the Bible from the, from the end. But we all know that ain't good news. What did the, the angel say when she came to Mary? A little teenage virgin girl that gave her the most horrific news. You're pregnant but it's going to be great. <laughs> but he said, you who are blessed and what? Highly favored. Says it a few times to Mary. Now, how was Mary? She was so humbled, so honored that God would call her? No. The Bible says she was afraid. She's a little freaked out. Some of you more spiritual than I am, you cool with angels showing up. Me? I'm going to have to wake up a second and really... <laughs> Y'all going to have to check on me. I'm just telling you. I'm getting there. I'm growing. But yeah. So here she is. Angel's there. Hey, Mary, don't worry. This is all good. You're blessed and you're highly favored. But I'm about to tell you something that's going to rip your life apart. I'm about to tell you something that's going to require sacrifice. You're about to walk. You may have to look at every person you know and hear them talk about you and hear them Doubt you, disbelieve you, walk away from you, treat you differently. Does that sound like favor? No. 
sounds like the very opposite. Some of us are walking through things and you feel like there is no favor. But the reality was God knew that because of Mary, the sweet baby Jesus would be born into this world for our forgiveness and for our freedom. And he chose her to do it. It may just be that today, wherever you are, and whatever it is that makes you feel as if you have no favor in your life, it may very well be the favor of God that is building you up to do something to change lives around you. Everybody, listen, this miracle of Christmas, it's more than just a story. It has been God's redemptive plan from the beginning. And today, I just believe that probably for a great portion of some of us here or online need to walk in one of these areas today. So here's what I want to do. I want us to bow our heads and I want us to just take a moment together. If you're our guest, nobody's coming to get you or is going to make you stand. I'm just going to pray for us. Our team's going to come back and play quietly. Those of you who are online, if you can just make this moment distraction-free between you and the Lord, And here's what I want to say in one of the most difficult seasons of the year. You're walking through some things and you've got this array of emotion, thoughts and feelings. We've all got pressures and problems that we're carrying, but here's what I want you to know. Forgiveness is available for you today. If you've never said yes to Jesus, Today's your day. If you feel like you've walked away from him and, you, and you're beginning to walk in a life of sin and you need to course correct, look, forgiveness is for you today. Some of you feel bound by some things. And you just can't get past whatever that barrier is in your life. Well, there's freedom. There's freedom for you today. He will set you free. It doesn't always mean he'll change the circumstance. But I can promise you that he'll change you. And you will walk through it completely different than you would have done had you done it on your own. And it's called freedom. And we have all of this because you have the favor of God on your life. You are his child. All, every person, no, no favoritisms. When you say yes to Jesus and you walk with him, you're his child and you have his favor. And today there may be one of those areas of your life in which you need to respond. And so I want to pray for you. So God, today, thank you for the miracle of Christmas. Thank you, God, for God, this deep intricate loving plan that from the beginning of it all long before even the manger but this gift was born from the beginning God we ask you for forgiveness of our sins today knowing that we've all messed up fallen short we've missed it and Jesus we need you so we choose to put you first in our life today Thank you for loving us and forgiving us. And today, we choose to walk this out with you. 
And God, I pray for those of us who are just bound in depression, bound in anxiety and worry, bound by fear, regret. God, bound in difficult relationships and addictions, whatever it is. God, bring freedom. Let us walk in the fullness that you've brought to our life. Jesus, you came to bring us life and life more abundantly. We ask for it today. I pray that every person would know that they're favored by God. Every one of us who have said yes to Jesus and walk in relationship with you, we are favored because we are yours. And Jesus, we thank you that you love us this much to sacrifice yourself to humble yourself so that we can be lifted up. Thank you. We honor you today. In Jesus' name, amen.